0: Big debates, unpopular opinions, and a whole lot more. Oh, yeah, it's the Once Around Podcast, baby. Hello, and welcome back to the Once Around Podcast. I am Cam, and today I'm joined by Ed and Kai to reflect upon a massive three points for the Rams on Good Friday as Derby sealed a convincing 2 0 victory over Luton town at Pride Park, with goals from a Lee Gregory tapping and a Graham Shinney penalty sealing the Hatters' fate. Kai. That was massive, Um, wasn't it? It was.
1: I mean, we spoke in the podcast uh, group chat before the game, and I think on Thursday as well. Uh, It was quite a season-defining game, because if we didn't win, we could have been in major trouble, because we've got Reading and Norwich coming up, who, well, Norwich are easily going to win the league now. Reading are there or thereabouts in the playoffs, so... It was a very, very important victory against a team who don't really have much to play for anymore. They won't go down. They're not really going to go up. So, yeah, it was convincing and professional. It reminded me a lot of the Huddersfield game a few weeks ago, our last win. So it's always nice when you can draw parallels. It shows you're doing something well. I mean, it was a much, much needed win. It us up quite nicely for Monday and, well, Saturday next week.
0: It does. It's quite scary to think that Huddersfield was our last win, but it was. And I think it was um, a very similar type performance as well. Ed, there were lots of changes again into the starting 11, return of David Marshall, first start in
2: Seems Forever for Tom Lawrence. Who was your standout player? Big one from yesterday. I think there were so many top performances. And to be honest, there weren't any weak performances, which I think is more of a point to make out of that performance. Um, I think that came in did the the best. I think like Craig Forsyth comes in for Lee Buchanan most most uh, games this season, and he's done really well this season. I think he's gone a bit under the radar of of how consistent his performances have been. I thought Tom Lawrence showed everything that we've been missing in attack. You know, knocking it past a player, he always takes his on his man. Uh, You know, he, he got an assist yesterday for the penalty. Um, shame he didn't get on the score sheet but I thought he was excellent Graeme Shinney yet again he was all over the place his penalty slotted comfortably but I, th- I think one that didn't stand out in his performance but I just wanted to make a point about was Lee Gregory I think he- he's not started every single game uh, since coming in in January but I think he scored three or four goals now in a team that we were- we- where we were lacking a, a real out and out goal scorer in. don't get me wrong Three or four goals isn't season-defining, but it, it showed that he's come in and he's put in a top effort every time he's played. And he's got himself on the score sheet, which, which is what we've needed. So I, I just wanted to give Lee Gregory a bit of credit. It's a shame that both him and Martin went off injured. Hopefully that's not too serious. Um, but no, all in all, a very professional, very um, content performance from us. We weren't outstanding, but we didn't need to be. We've beaten quite comfortably 2-0, so... Very happy.
0: I think, more to your point, one thing Gregory does really well that kind of goes a bit unnoticed. He adopts such fantastic positions in the penalty area, and I think that's why he gets tap-ins. And and that's that's something we've massively missed because as as great as Kazim's been this year, I don't think he really one of his strengths is positioning in the area. I mean, when I think of all the crosses that Byrne puts into the box and some fantastic balls from set plays and um, open play build-up. It's just lacked someone like a Gregory being in and around it and adopting those positions. When when you think to the Brentford game, when we came back in that game, a tap in because he adopts a great position. The game yesterday, a tap in because he adopts a great position. Uh, even the game against Barnsley, one-on-one, because he just he just adopts very good positions. He's got a very good forwards head. Um, and I think he complements so well another attacker up there like he did Waghorn yesterday. I thought that link-up play was, was absolutely... Fantastic, but as you say, concerningly, Waghorn and Gregory seem to have picked up. It didn't look like it was a was a hamstring injury for Waghorn. It looked like it was a knee injury, but but Wayne Rooney said it was a, a hamstring, and, and Gregory's definitely was. How concerned are you by that, Kai?
1: I think the Gregory one was probably more concerning because it looked like a fairly obvious hamstring. you pulled up almost. I don't know what i say. It's almost a typical way to pull up from a hamstring, clutching his back of his leg. Wagon was a bit weird. It sort of happened almost a little bit off the ball. Didn't really see it on cameras. He just sort of went down at some point. But it's a weird thing because Kazi Richards also he didn't look fit when he came on. He was struggling to keep up with the pace of the game. I don't know if that's because we were playing a different system to what he's more used to, but. I would be a little bit concerned about Gregory, especially because that's about a four-week injury, at least. And when you come into the business end of the season, you've not really got time to be injured for four weeks. We're not even with about probably about three games to play. So that's a huge miss for us now because it it leaves you with very limited options up top. But I think the return of Lawrence is almost defies these two losses now because. Lawrence is almost he was a one man wrecking ball yesterday at points especially in the second half after I he won the penalty he did it another couple of times getting past that Glenn Ray so I'm concerned but I'm not it's not the end of the world right now we've got other players where we can put in especially with Waggon being being able to be put out on the wing so that's not too much of an issue Kazim Richards will only gain in fitness now so there are other options available if need be
0: Maybe even a cameo from Cresswell again, because when he came on against Stoke, I didn't think he looked the worst. I am concerned by the Gregory one, because I thought that in games like Stoke, we miss Gregory massively. So if Kazim's not 100%, that does concern me slightly. And I think Waggon looked really good playing up top with the two. I guess one concerning thing, aside from the injury, that could be the last time we see either of them if the injuries are bad for Derby. Would you take either of them or both of them back, Ed?
2: They're at a funny age, aren't they? It's a bit like the Chris Martin situation last season where he's 31, coming to the end of his time at Derby, and you think, well, do you offer him a big contract? Because he's not going to want a short contract. So with Waghorn, I don't think he's going to want a year-to-year. I think he'll want a three-, four-year deal, wherever he does end up. Um, I think his his cameo yesterday, he was... By far the best player on the pitch for the time he was on there. It was just a shame that he picked up the injury in the way he did. Um I think he's been very inconsistent this season, but the squad has been. So I think it's really harsh to judge him on purely this season. But I think when you come into the final year of the contract, you need to. I would take based on what Lee Gregory's done so far, I would certainly take him back. But again, it's it's how long of a deal they're looking for. I don't know whether Rooney's gonna want to offer a two-, three-year deal to a 31-year-old striker who's had a few injury concerns over the last few years. Um, I'd be more comfortable with the 25-year-old, fairly prolific striker at this level, or even taking a, a gamble going into summer and finding a, a striker, maybe from abroad or something. But if both of them came back, I wouldn't be disappointed. It's probably the best way I can answer that. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they both left. But I'm, I'm certain that they'd be replaced.
0: It's difficult because of how much change is going to be in the summer, wherever we are and whoever we have, because there's lots of players going to be moving and coming back potentially or moving on. I think Gregory would be high up on my list for someone I would keep purely because I think he's a very similar player to Kazim. He just adopts better attacking positions. And I think if you can get a full season out of Gregory, that he will score double digits, which is, you know, a player that you want around the team. Certainly, if you're going to stay with a similar style play with a bigger forward, I don't think you can rely on Kazim to be as good next year as he gets older naturally and certainly not to put in as many 90-minute performances as he's done this year. So I think that that would be a good option. And I always worry sometimes when you go with an unknown um, forward that, you know, maybe... It's a gamble and it doesn't pay off with Gregory. I think you know what you get wherever he's gone. He's always been pretty consistent, puts in an effort, um, adopts good positions, scores big goals for the teams he plays for, even if he doesn't score them on that consistent basis. Wagon, I love him. I do think he will move on, um, unfortunately, because I agree with you. I think he's going to look for a bigger contract than what we're willing to give. Um, But one person that is under contract and was terrific yesterday coming back into the team was Mr. David Marshall with two very important saves in the first half. Kai, why do you think it's a question mark sometimes with our managers as to who's our number one when we have a David Marshall in the team or previously we had like a Scott Carson in the team?
1: There shouldn't be. I don't really know why there is. I mean, Kelly Ruse is, he's a good second goalkeeper and I think we can all admit that he's a steady keeper to have. But, it's moments like yesterday where you see why you... why you, Obviously, we didn't actually have to pay that much for David Marshall, but in a normal sort of situation, why you'd pay your money for these players, because they win you points. I mean, the first one, the Luton player, I can't remember his name, maybe it was Adebayo or something. Um, he should have put that away. I don't really know what he was doing, trying to just tap it past Marshall. But then the second stop from the header was absolutely fantastic. I mean, the way... What is he, 35, 36 or something? And he's still agile as ever. He still loves playing football, which you can see. And he's just very, very dependable in goal. Obviously, he's had a couple of moments this season, Barnsley and Forrest, where he thought, well, but keepers make mistakes every now and again, especially when you're at the bottom, when there's a lot of pressure on you and your defence itself isn't great. There could be some instances, but I think for the most part, David Marshall has proved his worth proven his word for us. And I don't really know why there are any question marks over who should be our number one goalkeeper. It's fairly obvious for me. It's a player who has number one on the back of his shirt and that is David Marshall.
0: Rooney described it as a very difficult decision to make. I I actually thought Roos wasn't poor when he he came in. I thought he did a, a pretty good job. One thing about him though is I just feel like He's too slow on the ball, which for a goalkeeper is a bit of an odd thing to say, but Marshall usually makes a decision and, you know, it might go out for a throw, but I'd rather that than it potentially put a centre-back under pressure and then all of a sudden we're under more pressure. Uh, speaking of centre-backs, Ed, um, Wisdom played yesterday ahead of the likes of Mengi and, and Edmondson. Rooney said that was a a difficult decision to make and then, you know, went on to say how he desperately wants Mengi back at, at the club. Um do you agree with that decision? Would you have wisdom ahead of the likes of Mengian and Edmondson, or or do you think that that was the one question mark? Because to me, that was the one question mark yesterday.
2: Uh, didn't he? That in that patch when he first came in as uh, full time manager, when we had those clean sheets, it was a back five of Marshall with Byrne, Wisdom, Clark, and Forsyth. And I think coming out, I think he said coming out of the back of that uh, really rough patch we had of results, he wanted to just go back to that back five and see what happened. And I think yesterday it proved that, yes, Wisdom does have his shaky moments. You know, I think he does struggle with a more physical striker like Adebayo yesterday. I think he was a handful. He didn't finish his dinner, but he was a handful to play. Um, I'm still a massive admirer of Wisdom. I think this season he has stepped up massively to the plate. I think if you look at last season... You'd always have question marks for him coming in at centre-half, even in the back three. You'd always think, oh, he's, he's a better right-back. But this season, he's proved his worth as a centre-back. And I really hope he does sign on, to be honest. I think he, he's known the club for a long time. I, I want him to carry on with us. Um, so that's another contract situation have to sort soon. I think Mengi, next season and for a full pre-season, is a sensible one because having a full pre-season, a full season in, in senior football, doing the world of good, just like it did with Tamori. Really. And he's already had, he's already going to have had a couple of months with us and with you know the club he plays for, club legend as our manager, hopefully, come the end of the season. So I, I think that's a sensible one. I'd love to see what happens with Edmondson. I think he's solid. I, I don't know why Rooney sometimes plays him in midfield. It always feels a bit odd. Whatever, but I, I, I kind of hope both of them stick around. I think Wisdom playing yesterday made sense for where we were. I think we needed experience. We needed our most consistent players, which I would put Wisdom ahead of Mengi and Edmondson in that regard because he's played more. And that does count for something when you're in it when you're in a battle like we are at the moment. So, yeah, but I, I, I'm happy for Mengi to come back and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Edmondson might stick around.
0: Yeah, we spoke about it on the last podcast. I think defence looks like. I don't know whether it's just because we're in a scrap and if you keep a clean sheet, you're guaranteed a point or whatever, but it does look like Rooney's adamant to maybe build from the back and add that uh, solidarity, which is exciting to see because um, yesterday was was fairly comfortable um, thanks to a couple of key saves from David Marshall, but apart from those, it was a pretty uh, comfortable um, performance and 2-0 win and a massive win, of course, especially with many teams around us dropping points yesterday, which gives us, I would argue, a free hit in the next two games, which we'll turn our attention to now. And it's probably a good thing we have maybe more of a free hit in the next two games because we have two very difficult games. Uh, Norwich next weekend, who I think could be promoted when they play us, so that'll be interesting. But firstly, Reading, who, after a point yesterday with Barnsley, very much in the heat of the playoff battle, um, and our next opponents on Easter Monday. The reverse fixture actually began... Uh, Both teams season this year with a 2-0 dismantling from the Royals of a then-Philip Koku derby. Kai, bearing in mind potentially big losses and attack, what do you think you'd change for this one?
1: I think that's going to have to be the, the main focus. It's going to have to be Kazim Richards coming in because it's not real. Any other option, I know you, talk, you spoke about Cresswell, but even still, he's, I don't think he's ready yet to start the game. So Kazim Richards will more than likely start. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Lawrence will probably go on the left wing again. Uh, I thought Sibley had a very, very strong game against Luton on that right-hand side. Probably should have exploited the space a little bit more, but for what it was worth, he he played well. So I, I, I expect him to keep his position. I I think we probably will go with a very similar side. I thought the whole team played extremely well. Max Bird had a very, very quiet, but very good game after being criticised quite a bit from us in particular as well, other Derby fans. But I don't think there's, there's no reason to change a winning team if you don't have to. Obviously, we've got to make a couple of changes because of Waggon and Gregory. But apart from that, I think I'd stick with, what we've already got. I might bring Knight back into the fold for Gregory, put him in in behind Kazim Richards, but there's not too much you can change because the side was so solid yesterday. So, I mean, it's just about avoiding getting battered by these teams now. Because if you can keep uh, your goal difference up, then it helps massively. Obviously, Rotherham's still four games behind us, so that could come back to haunt them all be a delight for them we're not too sure yet it's, it's hard to tell so you just take each game as it comes and I will not change too much from the team just try and keep some sort of winning mentality going forward after what was a horrific run of form before the international break
0: Ed uh, do you it's a bit of an interesting question because um, we kept a clean sheet do you change at all our back four thinking that Wisdom Clark? and for Scythe aren't particularly fast and Reading are more of a fast-paced team going forward do you maybe look to the likes of bringing in the Mengi for example or maybe turning back to a Buchanan to add some pace to the back or do you just like Kai says
2: keep it the same? As Kai was speaking now I was looking at the team that played Barnsley yesterday and their front four they played a 3-1 up top and it was Ajari on the left with Elise and Mete with Lucas Jao from that, that's one of the top front fours in the league on, on their days and that does worry me personally I think I'd even go for a back five I think I am I'd, I'd be interested to see I think Rooney might bring Mengi in because it, it it seems silly putting a 18, 19 year old in a back three in a big game like this not in a big game in the sense of you know we need to win it but it's a big game against a tough team but he's done that so far this season Rooney and it wouldn't surprise me to see if Mengi comes in in that back three again um, I'm surprised if Buchanan comes in, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Forsyth keeps his spot for the, all the reasons that Kai mentioned. You know, it's it's handy, especially in defence, keeping the same defensive unit together. You know, us as Derby fans, we've seen in the last two seasons, especially what chopping and changing the backline does for for a club's fortunes. So I'd change the system rather than the personnel. I think, and I think the back five against all of their attacking flair would work better. So I'd have Mengi, Wisdom and Clark as a back three with Byrne and I won't sit on the fence. I'll say Buchanan because I just think, like you say, a bit of pace, a bit of flair. I think Buchanan could counter that quite nicely if if we want to work on the counter a bit more. Um, I wouldn't know who to drop in midfield. That's another question. But I I think a back five might make more
1: sense.
0: If you play three at the back, I think... It's harsh, but I would probably drop Bird and have Knight in the middle with Shinny. I actually would go with what you just said, Ed, purely for the basis of, I think sometimes if we go to a four-two-three-one, which is more what um, Kai was describing, when Kazim's up there, he gets very isolated by himself. I think if you can play Sibley and Lawrence either side of him, or, you know, maybe bring Jaws in, even though I think that would be harsh. I thought Sibley was good, but Jaws, to his credit, looked quite good when he came on. Um, I think that would be my team um, and I would drop. Bird, I believe, I'm not I'm not sure. That's a very big question mark because this is actually a game Bird might prosper in because the ball's going to be on the ground a lot and that's, that's more his strength. Um, so it's an interesting one because I actually thought... Um, Knight didn't really have much of an impact yesterday and I don't think he's had much of an impact for a few games. So maybe maybe you don't bring in Knight. I think that's just my natural go-to because of the energy he brings. But um, no, yeah, will certainly be be interesting for sure. So we will end, as we always do, with our score predictions, please. So Kai, what's your prediction for Easter Monday at the Majewski?
1: I remember we did this. It was one of the first podcasts back um, in August. And well, I got a little bit too cocky for this season. And I didn't expect Reading to be where they are. So I think I sort of lambasted Reading quite a bit. And I feel quite bad now because they've been quite a solid team this year. I think 2-2. I think we might snatch a point in this one. I think if we're going to get a point out of any of the next two games, it's going to be in this one. Redding are prone to slipping up every now and again. So there's a potential there's potential that we could do it. I mean, we obviously just scored two as well in the last game, so we can do it. It is possible for us. They probably are a little bit too good going forward for us to not concede, unlike Luton. But I think it would be a very, very positive result to get a two-two draw there. And it again, we spoke about it these two games being a free hit anyway, but if you got a point on Monday then Saturday becomes completely irrelevant to the situation so yeah 2-2 with Kazim and Lawrence to score
0: interesting that would be a very exciting game similar to Brentford
2: Um, Ed I don't know whether we've I don't know whether anyone else agrees with me or whether this is a a universal opinion in Derby fandom but I've always seen Reading as a bogey team for us even when we've been flying you know prime example was was it 15-16 or 14-15 where we lost on the final day 3-0 at home to Reading who absolutely annihilated us and we all I think we beat them on the first day uh, of Lampard's season that was a bit of an anomaly because it was last minute Tom Lawrence header I think it'll be a one-all and I think that'll be a very optimistic positive result same reasons as Kai said about then going into the weekend having a more even more of a free hit with Norwich um I don't have any basis for that. I just think that they're at a crunch time in their season. They're wanting to consolidate top six if they can, because that's getting that's hotting up really nicely up at the top of the table. Um, I think they'll want a bit of retribution after that Barnes game because I, even though Barnes are a tough side, they, they want to beat teams around them. So I think they they might underestimate us a bit. I think they might think that because of our league position, we are there for the taking. But I think sometimes that works against teams when the players like that. So. I think it'll be one all. I think we'll control the game, actually. And I think it'll be a moment of brilliance. A bit like, you know, the Watford game, the first Watford game of the season when Jao Pedro just bangs it top bins and we dominate the whole game but lose 1-0. I think it'll be a bit like that. But I think we'll get a point out of it. And I think that'll be an incredibly positive result. And I think, I'm going to say it each week until it happens, Matt Clark, he needs a goal. He needs a goal from a set-piece. He's been begging for it for weeks and months now. Bless him.
0: We would absolutely love to see that. Draws all round. I was going to say 1-1 one, one as well. Uh, something that I'd also absolutely love to see, which I'm going to keep saying as well until it happens, is I think Tom Lawrence will score um, and get another goal at the Majeski because he, of course, was that one that got that majestic header. Um, not very often you relate Tom Lawrence and a majestic header in the same sentence, but he did off of a Mason Bennett cross, who um, to get three points and start Frank Lampard's reign Uh, I think Reading and this is going to sound very weird because we are 19th and Barnsley are sixth or fifth I think we're a similar team to Barnsley (laughs) in the way that how we play Barnsley have just been more consistent and have been better at it I think Reading struggle against teams who are a bit more physical with them and when I think about the first game of the season, like we were never physical with Koku, and it was too easy for them. So um, um, I think we might be a bit physical in this game and maybe be more direct and allow Reading to have 65, 70 percent possession. But um, when it matters, you know, put our bodies on the line and try and hit them on the break, try and get a goal from a set play. And I think that will happen. I think Tom Lawrence is going to score from a corner um, like he sh- potentially should have done yesterday when he completely airmailed the ball <laughs> Um and did a one-two with Byrne, the corner taker. So um, I'm going to say one-one. So draws all round. If that happens, I think that's an excellent point for Derby. continues to, continues to move us in the right direction. But whatever happens, I think before um, we went into this run of eight games, many of us would have said three wins would have been enough to keep us up to get us to 49 points. We've had one of them. So again, these next two games are free hits. And again, thank you very much for listening to the Once Around podcast. Ben will be back next time. You won't have to worry to my worry about listening to my drab again. Um, so please join us for reaction to Derby's game at the Majeski against Reading, and hopefully another point or three for the Rams. <laughs>